Thanks to Your Super for supporting Muller, she wrote. Improve your health with the power of super plants with free recipes and tons of creative and easy ways to add superfood mixes to your meals. Get 15% off your order when you use code AG at checkout. Thanks to Noom for supporting Muller, she wrote. Sticking to a weight loss plan can be hard. Noom is designed for results. It's out with the old habits and in with the new. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash A-G. And thanks to Everlane for supporting Muller, she wrote. Would you buy a t-shirt for 50 bucks if you knew it only cost $7 to make? We wouldn't either. With Everlane, you never overpay for quality clothes. And right now, you can check out their personalized collection at everlane.com slash AG. Plus, you'll get free shipping on your first order. And thanks to Buffy for supporting Muller, she wrote. For $20 off your Buffy comforter, visit Buffy.co and enter promo code AG. Hey, all. This is Glenn Kirshner, and you're listening to Muller, she wrote. So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That, that's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, the, our position is. I'm not aware of uh, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I didn't have not have communications with the Russians. What do I have to get involved with Putin for? I have nothing to do with Putin. I've never spoken to him. I don't know anything about him other than he will respect me. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist. Hello, and welcome to Muller She Wrote. I'm your host, A.G., and with me today are Jordan Coburn. Hello. And Amanda Reader. Hello. How are you? Good. Yeah, pretty good. Yes, beautiful mm-hmm. weather. It is a so really, nice. really nice day. Mm-hmm. It seems extra bright. Yeah, it does. I don't know what, what that is. Like, sometimes it seems more sunny than other days, even though, it, like... The way that we talk about weather on this show <laughs> as San Diegans, every time I'm just like, oh, God, we must sound like such dicks. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, that's our that's yeah. how we, like, yeah, today it was extra sunny. extra sunny. But there are fall colors a little bit, which is really nice. Yeah, that's you can nice. kind of feel it in the air a little bit. Yep, a little <laughs> bit of a crisp... Mm-hmm. maybe getting into the 60s feeling mm-hmm. yeah that's uh high 60s i know we really shouldn't talk about the weather on this <laughs> show. <laughs> it's just not fair um but it, it it's just okay, we pay for it we do we have oh to god pay. don't we Sun, the sunshine tax is, is real yeah yeah it's it's expensive here folks which makes me wonder why the two more expensive cities like uh new york and san francisco aren't notoriously sunny so mm-hmm. what are they paying so much for i guess it's just uh being in it yeah yeah true mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's and it's really not weird. enough uh housing low-cost housing not enough rent control yeah yeah that's yeah. an issue here I had a friend in San Francisco, actually, who just left after 20 years. And I remember visiting her last year, and she was like, you know, if I want to move, i got to leave the city. She's a little older than me. She's she's in her, like, mid-40s. And she was like, I've lived in this apartment for 15 years, and if I want to leave this apartment, I have to leave San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. And a lot she, of people are in that. And she did. She was mm-hmm. like, I she moved to a different state, actually. But, yeah. Where'd she move, out of curiosity? Florida. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, back home to her family. Oh, cool. Yeah. Family. Okay. Yeah, family. Family. Like, there has to be an underlying reason. Yeah. To choose Florida. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, Floridians. We're Florida. so mean to you. I lived there. I loved it. Some things I didn't like. It's just like any other place, you know. But it's just fun to make fun of. It. it there are the headlines. It is, especially being from California. It's just what we do. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's sorry. It, they're wonderful you know people, wonderful place. And Prove it, us wrong. South Florida is gorgeous. 
Oh yes, yes. Um, and so is the Gulf Coast, and I, you know, I can't say enough good things about about that area and <laughs> and the peoples. So, but the mm-hmm. headlines. Mm, yes, but a Florida man. <laughs> yeah. Dot dot dot. <laughs> and of course, uh, Greg O'Lear or Oliar, excuse me, postulating that the reason Trump was moving his residency from New York to Florida. Uh, isn't to evade taxes or anything like that. It's so he can put Ivanka on the ticket as a vice presidential candidate. Because apparently you can't have both president and vice president uh, uh, be residents of the same state. Hmm. I am surprised that there are no rules around having an immediate family member as your yeah. vice presidential candidate. <laughs> yeah, that would make more are sense. Are there no rules for that? <laughs> like, I'm surprised no. that you can't. There's some ethical guidelines around nepotism in the White House. Yeah. But I would think that there would be explicit rules around like not having your child or your spouse be your running mate because then it seems to I, I, but I guess not. Yeah, they didn't pre- they didn't plan for this. Well, there are also, also new rules that say that they have to be of the same party. Uh, as we know, Abraham Lincoln chose what, Andrew Johnson, uh, a Democrat, to be his running mate as a, as a like a dual party ticket um, to you know get more votes and stuff like that. Uh, of course, Andrew Johnson turned out to be the worst his- president in the history of the universe, except for Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and you know, one of the uh, can you guys give me like a really super quick summary of the bad shit about Andrew Johnson? Because I grew up in Canada and I don't. I, I know he's bad. I've heard, but I don't. Super know racist. He was against reformations. He didn't want to give um, black people any rights at all. Oh, okay. Congress Republicans Delightful. in Congress were really, really upset with him, and so they set an impeachment trap for him. Basically, mm-hmm. saying uh, passing a law that says you can't fire any of your cabinet members as president. And when he did, they tried to impeach him, basically because they didn't like him. Uh, they didn't end up doing that, but it, it, it came close, and it also gave impeachment a really bad name. It, mm-hmm. It's been a minute though, so. Gotcha. 1860-something. So. All right, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look him up and hate read about him. Yeah, he's gross. Cool. Um, <laughs> Thank you for that. And just a reminder to everyone, we're working on getting some video uh, in the studio, some cameras in here, that, and that'll be available for patrons. Uh, becoming a patron gets you ad-free episodes of our sister podcast, The Daily Beans. You also get great gifts like our Super Space Beans mug. Uh, you'll get the newsletter with uh, my personal research notes and infographics, jokes, and funny memes, pre-sale tickets to live events and meetups, access to the closed social media groups where you can play the Fantasy Indictment League, and your contribution helps us hire new staff, pay well above a living wage, and offer health care to our employees, even the part-timers. So thank you all so much for your support as patrons. It makes all the difference in the world to us. It really does mean a lot. So thank you for that. And with all that out of the way, it's time for my favorite segment, not new, Corrections. It's a mistake. It's hard for me to say I'm sorry. Oh, I made a mistake. All right, let's start from Tim Waterhouse and Met Mort- Mortison, Sue Jarrell, Tony Adams, Fia, Peter Stephen, all sorts of people wrote in about, I think, the sweat stuff. No, was it? Yeah, Is Prince the- Andrew. Prince Andrew's sweat. I I made a small mistake in my reporting about Prince Andrew, and people had feelings about him and his sweat. So, uh, I've been listening to MSW for over a year, and I love what you're doing regarding the Daily Beans episode, domestic political. Aaron Prince Andrew's claim of being unable to sweat was an attempt to discredit Virginia Roberts's account of having had a sweaty dance with him at a London nightclub mm. in one of their meetings. I was giving him the benefit of the doubt. I shouldn't have done that. I should know better. Um, and then there's a couple links uh, to the BBC. Um, from Newsnight uh, about that, and he's basically saying he can't sweat. So, so to discredit. So that her must story. have been another man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we'll never let him see a sweat is a whole new meaning. <laughs> they were in a club. 
that yep. when it happened? Dance club. Well, aren't they always throwing champagne down anyway? It could have been any liquid. <laughs> <laughs> could have been vomit. Could have puked on it. Yeah. Have you, you had some crazy know. nights in the club, Jordan? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, just VIP rain Jordan. Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> At the dubstep analog club downtown. <laughs> I remember doing a show opening for, I can't remember who, head writer for Chelsea lately. And uh, Frangiola, Chris Frangiola. And he took us all to his VIP booth at Analog across the street afterwards. It was like Billy Bonnell and Greg Santos. And we're all sitting there in a VIP booth being waited on hand and foot with a bunch of hot chicks trying to hit on all of us, all of us. Mm-hmm. And um, and they bring it over bottles of champagne with sparklers in them and, you know, bottle service and all that shit. And it's dubstep music. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing I've ever had to endure in my life. And yeah. I'm wondering, is this what comics are? Is this their goal? Ah, uh, maybe. Like... To, to get to a point where your headliner takes you out to this kind of a club because I'm yeah. I'm I'm I don't need this yeah that's so antithetical <laughs> to the spirit of comedy too it is you're right just like basic partying although I do like that shit yeah super basic <laughs> red solo cups yeah keggers yeah yeah it's and hard to convince comics to just go out for a night and we're all unless it's just like a dive bar <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. we're all we don't deserve any of this, this yeah is stupid yes um so that was just a weird night but um anyway. uh, so you apparently champagne sweating yes <laughs> Uh, by the way, they say I'm a UK listener. I find learning about the fucked up state of US politics a welcome distraction from our own political oh, shit show. Gosh. <laughs> Thank you for your hard work. The day I most look forward to is the one when they take away Trump's phone God. and take him to jail. Yep. From Joe McWaters, love your show. It's only a teeny correction. Quote, because he was being involved in domestic political errand. You mentioned this quote from uh, Dr. Fiona Hill. I've listened to the playback. I believe the word she uses errant. Not errand. Ah. Errant means erring or straying from the acceptable course of standards. This word makes more sense to me in the context of her response. That yeah, makes way more does. sense. Well, yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so keep up the good work. They say I also send pictures of my pod dogs to the Twitter feed. You're welcome. I've Thank never you. heard that word before. Errant? Oh. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I assumed it was errand. I also thought it was, too, because they were on a domestic political errand. Right. Mm-hmm. Like. The thing is, though, other like other major news sources have said errand with a D as opposed to errant with a T. So oh, not, I wonder which it is. Right. And to mm. me, errant is an adjective, mm. not a noun. And this seems to be the subject of, of the of the phrase. But, yeah, yeah uh, you know, I could be also grammatically wrong there. Hmm. Huh. So interesting. If, if I am, send me more corrections. I'm yes. Down. Thank you for teaching me a new word. Um, Joe McWaters also says, y'all said you couldn't remember Prince Andrew being in trouble before. I live in Sydney, so the palace news is always in our news um, because Australia is part of the Commonwealth. I always forget that. Way back in 2011, Prince Andrew had to step down from his role as trade envoy for the palace because of his relationship with Epstein. So his relationship with Epstein has been affecting him for a long time. Oh, jeez. From Veronica, I love to spend my morning getting ready and listening to you. Yay. You may already know this, but I've got a a U.S. flag jargon nitpick. When referring to ships or naval bases, one can say they are on mast, so you could say something like the flag is half mast. Otherwise, you would use the word staff. So in Vegas, the flags would have been half staff. Yes, Mm. yes. Uh, And you are correct. I did know this. I just always say half mast because I was in the Navy. The only exception is when a flag is in the vicinity of Devin Nunes, then it's referred to as flaccid. (laughs) (laughs) Good joke, Veronica. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> From Dave Manconi, I think AG is an excellent leader and mentor. Oh, thank you. Uh, also, I shut up. Also, <laughs> Iowa, <laughs> Iowa does not look like America. America is roughly twelve percent black. Iowa is about three percent black. Okay, damn. Still, 
Um, still, Buttigieg, 0% support from, Yikes. <laughs> from black voters. Yeah, That's uh, not funny. Um, from Barbara Cohen, you help keep me sane. Thank you. On Monday's episode, yeah, I'm behind. AG mentioned that if one is on Medicare, one can't go to any doctor they want. And I think she also said that only in emergencies can someone on Medicare go out of network. That's not 100% the case. Uh, if one is on original Medicare, in which case, so long as a provider participates in Medicare, which there is a vast majority of providers do, and she's right, most hospitals can't get accreditation unless uh, from the centers of, of Medicare and Medicaid, which you have to have pretty much in order to function unless you uh, accept Medicare. Mm-hmm. And then the patient can go to that provider. It's the Medicare Advantage plans that have a limited network. Those uh-huh. are the ones that we buy. Hmm. And um, I just got my first Medicare uh, email. So... Soon, any day now, I'll start getting AARP materials. All right. And you'll retire. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Janine Sherry, I'm like, thanks for that. I need that this week. Um, Janine Sherry says, I listen enthusiastically to MSW and Daily Beans every day. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not a big screw up, but I'm a grammar beast. Yay, I love grammar beasts. So forgive. I'm not going to. Don't worry about it. I love grammar Nazis. I really appreciated your correction of the pronunciation of asterisk today. Now, another, etc. is pronounced as it's spelled, not etc. I often notice this error in many wonderful podcasts. I drive many people crazy with my mania. <laughs> you will never hear me say etc. ever once. It's etc. Um, Latin nerd here. Yeah. Also, the abbreviation is an EKC, which makes it easier. Yeah. To- <laughs> Etc. Et right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and also at all and all. all this, I don't know what it means though. Just it's and so on is and it, so forth. Well, I yeah. I mean, I functionally, I guess, I know what it means, but like, I don't know what its direct translation is. Oh yeah, it's Latin et for etc. And also, like, and and also, or something like that. And another thing. Yes. <laughs> and one more thing. <laughs> <And> furthermore. <laughs> furthermore. Can you look that up so we don't get another correction? Look up what specifically? <laughs> direct translation of etc. Perfect. Um, I believe it's and uh, the uh, you know and on and on or something something like that. Mm-hmm. It means and, uh, and similar things or and so forth. And cool. so forth. Okay. Nice. Thank you, Helen Driscoll. Yeah. Regarding the Biden screw up, uh, you didn't screw up, but you might need need more info. Have a little more patience with Biden. He's a stutterer and he screws up his answers. He's he's pre-screening his answers for words that will scramble his speech and it messes up his retorts. There are a few articles out there about the relation, his relationship with stuttering. He is actually a spokesperson for stutterers. There is a literary nonprofit organization called the Stuttering Foundation that he is a Aww. part of. Love you guys. That's oh, nice. Didn't know that. I did not know that either. Do we give him shit for stuttering? We still don't punch down at domestic violence. I just, no. <laughs> I yeah. That's a stammer there. That's <laughs> yeah. just uh, something you just probably shouldn't say. I do think he's getting shit for a lot of things, so I wouldn't be surprised if he we get so much his shit. But, but he's, but he's stuttering stuff in there. It sort of doesn't affect him very much. He's, yeah. he's been a gaff machine forever. People still love yeah, him. Yeah, totally. So. Well, sorry, Biden. Mm. And uh, from Russell Thomas, the plural form is actually both vaginas or vaginae. Oh, oh it is vaginae. <laughs> Common mistake <laughs> using plurals uh, to the one who said she had used vaginas her whole life. You're not wrong. Love you. <laughs> Did I say I've used vaginas my whole life? That was me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, yes. I think have. I said I've been saying vaginas. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, from Kirsten Zolfo, love you ladies. Um, this is such a key piece of civic education. I hope you will slip this into the show. Background on 11-4, AG said SCOTUS nominees need to receive 60 votes to be approved. That's no longer true. Mm. Did I say that? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I guess so. Uh, maybe. Because of the nuclear option vote taken during the Gorsuch process, SCOTUS judges only need a simple majority. Ah. Uh, you do an amazing service. I'm glad to be a patron. Thank you. 
from Mark Vallon. Uh, thanks for being a light in the darkness. Uh, I live in Sweet Baby, Matt D.U.I. Gates's district. Oh, no. So, as you can imagine, it's full of a lot of Trumpansies. Oh, gosh. Poor dude. In reference to Jazz Cats from the impeachment megasode, Jazz is the original spelling of jazz. However, early promoters of the music found that hooligans, ruffians, or whatever the fuck they called vandals back then were erasing <laughs> the letter J. <laughs> on promotion posters and signs that said ass music. Oh, <laughs> this led to a change in the spelling we know today. As music would be better. Oh, that's so funny. Matt Gates <laughs> is a dipshit with an oversized head. That's a, <laughs> that's a sign off. From Jason Huggins, by the way, I'm an event manager manager in Raleigh, if you ever want to come here. Oh, fun. Uh, vagina is Latin for sheath. Ooh. Plural of A, endings, feminine endings, is pronounced like I, vaginae. Mm. Uh, and masculine alumina, alumina, alumini. Caesar is originally pronounced with a hard C, so it's pronounced Kaiser, and that's where the German Kaiser and Russian Tsar Tsar come from. Also, etymology of jazz is somewhat mysterious, but many etymologists, not entomologists, etymologists say it comes from jazz. Uh, still common euphemism for ejaculate. Interesting. Jizz clubs is where huh? you would meet someone. <laughs> you could meet someone to... Latin is hard. All language is idiomatic and you're crushing it. <laughs> from Chris Bailey. Um... News these days deserves swearing, so I'm glad someone else swears. I uh, love you guys. I uh, shouted out, I know this one, about Jordan's comment that showering helps her write. Several years ago, a study was published that found that the sensation of water hitting all your sensory nerves in your skin makes your nervous system fire at a faster rate, triggering more nerve stimulation in your brain as well. Many people have creative thoughts or enhanced problem solving in the shower. Science. Nice. Thank you. Jordan's dick nerds joke is still my all-time favorite. <laughs> What's dick yes, nerd? What was the that dick was, nerd That was from a long time ago. <laughs> and I think it was about, was it about kidney stones, I think? Dick nerds. Dick nerds. <laughs> I forget. <laughs> I forget. Oh, God. This is bad. I can't even remember. Um, Please yes. come to Portland, they say. We're going we're gonna to hit nerds. Portland. We're going to hit Portland on our Daily Beans tour. <laughs> it should be starting next spring. <laughs> from Oliver Stone. Uh, not that one. Uh, you said Trump is probably having heart issues since he drank and smoked and partied all his life. I didn't say that. Um, he's, he's a teetotaler, right? Uh, the problem is he's never had alcohol. His brother died of alcoholism and since oh. that he's allegedly not had a drink. I don't know about his smoking habits. Huh. Well, that's sad about his brother. Yeah. Um, and that's he, that's why he doesn't drink. Um, let's see here. From Neil Campbell, never miss either show. AG puts an amazing effort into her research. Putting each episode together, I invariably hear some of the more Juicy discoveries on mainstream media a day or so later, except maybe Rachel Maddow, who is normally toe-to-toe with your scoops. <laughs> My scoop. We... <laughs> you guys. Um, this is a geeky one. Revenge is a dish best served cold was neither Klingon or Shakespeare. It was said by Khan in, in Star Trek II, but he did claim it was Klingon. That's what I was talking about. Its closest actual origin is from The Godfather when Corleone says revenge is a dis- dish that tastes best when it's cold, but you may not know this as the judge in Roger Stone's case has banned watching The Godfather. <laughs> Khan actually quotes Moby Dick a lot. Yes, yes, he does. And I mistakenly thought this quote too. So I need the correction. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I was saying it was Klingon because... It's Star Trek 2. That's what he says it was. And the Klingons were saying it during the dinner afterwards when they all had Romulan ale that you haven't heard Shakespeare until you've heard it in the original Klingon. So that's kind of how I was piecing that together. Con! Okay. <laughs> Uh, every every episode, Jordan never fails to make me smile. I like her worldview. Always sees the funny side when it's hard to rise above the madness. In the words of Jason Mraz at the end of his song, details in the fabric, you're an island of reality and an ocean of diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> Is that really the lie? Uh, a- apparently. Uh, really? From, from Ashley Pro... Hey! <laughs> we'll take corrections on corrections. 
from Ashley Provo regarding um, our out-of-network ERs. My mom had cancer earlier this year. She got a staph infection in her chemo port. Almost died. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. We went to the ER in the local hospital, and the ER doctor was not in her network, so she was charged thousands. Fortunately, she appealed, and it was uh, eventually covered. I think the cover-not cover has less to do with the hospital and more to do with the specific doctor you go to. Hmm. It's beyond infuriating. The insurance companies expect people to shop around for in-network ER doctors while dying. Yeah. Agreed. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry. Lots of corrections today. Yeah, um, really informative ones. Very informative. Yeah. Um, we will get to the news. Um, from <laughs> from Stephen Calland, AG mentioned Zelensky's meeting with Trump in the White House and then the UNGA, United Nations General Assembly. This is incorrect. He never got, at least today, to White House meeting, uh, which he desperately wanted and needed to show Putin that his U.S. backs uh, Ukraine still. His only in-person meeting thus far was at the UNGA. Trump is still holding the White House meeting over his head. The extortion bribery continues in real time. We should call that out. Okay, thank you. For not being lawyers, from Teresa Timlin, you do a fabulous job with legal stuff. Um, uh, Sir Shirari is, is Serti or Rari, when I remember that, it's pronounced uh, Sir Shirari, but honestly, most of us just say Cert. <laughs> yes. Uh, there are almost no cases where this is right. Um, uh, like in California, Arizona, fighting over water rights, everything else, parties file a petition for Sir Shirari, and the Supreme Court gets to decide whether to hear the case or not. Um, they hear a minuscule percentage of the cases. I think it's less than 5%. Uh, the Supreme Court mostly chooses to hear cases where circuit courts are in disagreement. Circuit courts are precedential for this, for their circuit. So if the Second Circuit rules in a particular way, everyone in the Second Circuit follows that law. So when circuits are in conflict, the Supreme Court might choose to weigh in. This may be where Trump's tax return case has a low chance of being granted cert. The circuit courts aren't in conflict here. From Kira Ann Smith, only two more. Kira Ann Smith, precedent is set by the Supreme Court by hearing a case and writing an opinion. A denial of cert is not binding. It's not binding precedent in and of itself. And from Lisa Donahue uh, Olivieri, not much of a correction, just a little insight. Uh, as a licensed professional counselor in my state, I'm not eligible to work with clients who are on Medicare. I do work with clients who are on Medicaid, and I'm reimbursed exactly as much for the clients on Medicaid as I am for clients on some private insurances. In fact, I'm paid to... I paid a mere 13 cents more for a session with a client with private insurance. Also, the hoops therapists have to jump through to get paneled with an insurance company are sometimes hard enough to dissuade them from even trying. Keep mm -hmm. up the great reporting and keep taking care of your mental health. Yay. All right. Thanks, everybody. Those are corrections. If you have a correction, please send them to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, or just go to MullerSheWrote.com. Click uh, contact and select mm -hmm. corrections, build us a sandwich, and we'll get it right eventually. Thank you so much. And now it's time for Just the Facts. <laughs> All right, big week in the impeachment hearings. Uh, they wrapped up the Ukraine portion of public hearings in the House Intelligence Committee this week. Some of the big moments were when Sundlin changed his tune and said, yep, there was a quid pro quo. He knew about it. Everybody knew about it. Everyone was in the loop, including Pompeo, Pence, Trump, Perry. Dr. Hill also testified, and she was amazing, by the way, um, that uh, the irregular channel, that's the shadow policy driven by Giuliani, Perry, Sundlin, and Volcker, may have become the regular channel. And the main goal was the pursuit of personally benefiting the president. And the longstanding U.S. policy, the one pushed by the National Security Council on a bipartisan scale, seems to have been pushed to the side. David Holmes also testified. He's the one who overheard the phone call between Sondland and Trump and then found out from Sondland uh, that Trump only cares about the big stuff that personally benefits him, like investigations into the Bidens, and does not give a shit about Ukraine. There is no more public testimony scheduled, at least in the Intelligence Committee. And the Intelligence Committee is writing up its report to send to the House Judiciary, uh, according to the rules, which is where the impeachment articles are to be drafted. Adam Schiff says he doesn't foreclose the possibility of more depositions and more hearings. He says they're in the process of getting more documents all the time and that the investigative work will go on. 
What we're not prepared to do, he says, is to wait months and months while the administration plays a game of rope-a-dope in an effort to try to stall. We're not willing to go down that road. And here's what's more. The evidence is already overwhelming. And what's interesting about this is we've done it with no documentary production from the administration. Um, if the facts, uh, the facts are really not contested. Um, what's open to question is whether members of Congress are going to do their duty. Um, he failed to mention what's also open to question is whether he, people think that this is an impeachable offense. Uh, it seems like after the hearings, Republicans didn't move very at all. Um, some of the, I think, American public opinion ticked up a few points. Um, but what I don't understand is why it has to either be two weeks or months and months and months. I mean, can't we like wait a second? I mean, this Monday, we'll get a ruling in the McGahn case. Uh, I imagine they'll call McGahn in to testify on the Mueller obstruction stuff. And, and that should, I think, be included in the articles of impeachment, as should the fact that Trump lied to Mueller in his written answers when he said he had no foreknowledge of the WikiLeaks dumps when he had multiple calls on the record with Roger Stone about it. Uh, and that's in the Mueller grand jury materials. It's also in the 302s that have been released through the BuzzFeed FOIA request. Um, and Stone's name is redacted in those, but it did come out in Stone's trial where he was found guilty on all counts and is set to be sentenced February 6th. So I imagine this impeachment inquiry is not done. There may be public hearings in the Judiciary Committee. The New York Times editorial board says it's a mistake not to call more witnesses, which I agree with. The investigations will not end, uh, according to Schiff, but there is a sense of urgency. He says we have to act now. We can't let obstruction succeed, etc. But getting impeachment done urgently doesn't help anything if the Republicans in the Senate don't budge, which they have not. I can't think of one good reason to impeach now, but I can think of a lot of reasons to wait a second. That's mm -hmm. my thoughts. Mm -hmm. Another legal theory is that Chief Justice Roberts in the Senate trial could compel Bolton and Mulvaney to testify, and Schiff acknowledged this, but there's no guarantee because a majority of senators could overrule Roberts, uh, though that would be ill-advised. It would only take a simple majority, so only a few Republicans would have to defect. And But would you really put it past Senate Republicans at this point, especially if they're compromised? Um, Senate rules provide that House managers can issue subpoenas to anyone, such as Bolton and Mulvaney, Perry, etc. A senator can object to it, saying it's irrelevant or cloaked by privilege. But Rule 7 provides that a ruling on such a question would be made by Justice Roberts, who, according to Talking Points memo this week, would likely decide the privilege questions, other considerations such as the crime fraud exception and the co-conspirator exception to the hearsay rule, uh, and the waiver of any privilege. Um, such as if Bolton talks publicly, he could waive his rights to privilege. Um, maybe if, it, if they find out that he's writing a book about it, uh, intending to publicly release the information, he could waive his right to privilege that way. I don't know if that counts before they release the book, though. He would also rule on subpoenas of document production, and we know there's a ton of that. So by moving directly to impeachment, the House gets its best chance, according to Talking Points Memo, of winning the testimony of Bolton, Mulvaney, and others like Pompeo and Perry, and doing so in a timely fashion, along with their ability to get all the documentary evidence from the State Department specifically, but more broadly the administration. And the House can't depose these witnesses or examine the documents in advance, but it's a way to get them without having to wait for it to go through the courts. But... This would also be true if we waited a second. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, if we waited just a second, this all would still apply. Yeah. So. I feel like Senate Republicans are probably just not going to vote for it anyway. So it's almost like the witnesses that they bring, does it even, do they even really care enough to fight it at that point? It would really only help elections. Yeah. Um, because if they're going to vote no, and but 
And they vote no in the face of testimony from Bolton and Mulvaney and et cetera, Perry, people who might say, specifically Bolton, who might come out and say, yeah, there was quid pro quo. There was a drug deal. I didn't want any part of it. And it was all orchestrated by Trump. I had discussions with Trump. Here's emails with me and Trump. Yeah. Here's emails with me and Pompeo. Here, And he, he shut me out of Twitter for two months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, apparently his personal Twitter account, when he became an essay that you aren't allowed to tweet from that anymore. And then, but he was an avid tweeter. And, and I guess when he left, when he resigned, they, they used software to block it. We'll get into it later. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll so, talk about it in the Daily Beans, too. Okay, perfect. Well, then I'll wait. Because, yeah, in the Fox & Friends interview that I'm about to talk about, they asked Trump a question if he actually did that. And usually I'm like, well, if Fox is asking it, then there must be some sort of <laughs> credence, at least. Right. Oh, Fox is asking about yeah. that. All right, deal. Um, well, we'll be right back with more news, including a Paul Erickson plea agreement and an interview with former U.S. Attorney Joyce Vance. So stick around. Hey friends, AG here. Even though we all know how important it is to eat healthy, 9 out of 10 people don't eat enough fruits and vegetables. And 1 out of 10 people only eat well-done steak with ketchup and call that a veggie. But the truth is, when you don't get the proper nutrition, you increase your risk for chronic illnesses like type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and cancer. Uh, Michael and Crystal, the founders of Your Super, found, uh, found this out firsthand when Michael was diagnosed with cancer. Crystal started making superfood mixes to help him rebuild his immune system. Seeing the impact it had on Michael's health, they decided to start Your Super, and they're on a mission to improve people's health with the power of super plants. Look, you can't control everything in life, but you can control what you eat. And the easiest and most delicious way to take your health into your own hands is to add your, your super superfood mixes to your daily routine. They make it easy for you to sneak those extra greens and minerals in and get all the nutrients your body needs. My favorite right now is Chocolate Lover Superfood Mix with cacao, coconut, chia seed. It's I love coconut, by the way. It's delicious. It makes me feel better. I'm more energized all day. Uh, your super's superfood and plant protein mixes are made from naturally dried organic whole foods and superfoods, nothing else. Their ingredients are responsibly and sustainably sourced, all transparent. They contain no fillers, sweeteners, or artificial ingredients. So get the cleanest superfood, your plant protein mixes at YourSuper.com. That's Y-O-U-R Super.com. Get 15% off your order when you use code AG at checkout. So go to YourSuper.com and don't forget to get 15% off with promo code AG at checkout. You'll be glad you did. All right, everybody, welcome back. Hey, Jordan, uh, you are our intrepid reporter on all things Devil's Mermaid. What is going on? <laughs> yeah, we got some Erickson and Butina news. Uh, first up is Paul Erickson. So Paul Erickson has pled guilty to wire fraud and money laundering in a federal court in South Dakota. He admitted to manipulating someone into wiring him $100,000 for a real estate deal. Uh, but now that he's admitted to that stuff, apparently all other charges against him are going to be are expected to be dropped. That's according to his attorney. Um, he's also been sued in California and Virginia for failing to pay investors back and misrepresenting himself and his businesses to them. He's done he's done a lot of like elder abuse shit too. We've talked about this with with like a company that was like a wheelchair that was supposed to allow folks to use the restroom. That's not even necessarily for elders but he also had work with a like an old like an old folks home string of like properties too so it seems like he's kind of targeting a certain demographic at least but there's many demographics i guess he's targeting with yeah. all of his crimes and there's a lot of laws against taking advantage of the elderly so yeah or trying to get people's money saying that you're going to help folks and the whole thing is like a lie and mismanaged and misrepresented uh so that's what's going on with him right now um, and then on the Butina side, so Butina now has been offered a job working for the Commissioner for Human Rights in Russia. Her name's Tatiana Moskolkova, and she was uh, offered a job that will entail her defending compatriots abroad. 
So that's this new this new position that I guess Putin is going to get with the Russian government. This basically sounds like protecting Russians against quote unquote human rights violations in the United States exactly. when we arrest them for breaking the law. Exactly. <laughs> that's definitely the origin story of all of this. And when I first read this when it came out earlier this week, I, I did some research into Tatiana Maskalkova. Uh, just to like see who she was and see what this human rights commission looks like and it really screams like total bullshit not surprisingly but she is a total putin sympathizer and she used to be a major general in the russian police force and now she's the head of the human rights commission in russia Mm. so I don't want to generalize, but considering Putin's she is history, the minister. She's the minister of people accidentally falling out of fourth floor apartment buildings. Right. <laughs> yes. And I also... It's a really long one for a business card. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to say it in Russian, but if I, if I yeah, could, I would. The letters just fall off at the end. Like, <laughs> it can't fit on the card. <laughs> um, God, like when it's a horrible joke to make. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. That's not funny to joke about people that are legitimately murdered by their own government. So like, yeah, but it's funny to joke about people who orchestrate that kind of thing being considered human rights activists. Yes, it is. Um, yes, it is. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and also I couldn't. It's crazy how little you could find about her on the internet. Like I tried, I tried really hard, and there's hardly anything about her. Like her Wikipedia page is almost blank. It's like two paragraphs, and then I found one article from Russia, like from Kremlin dot org or whatever their <laughs> whatever their their government website is. People people fall out of fourth story apartment buildings dot yeah. org. Yeah, exactly. And this this was a it was like reporting on a, a talk that she had with Putin updating him on the work that she was doing. And the way they have the transcript of the meeting laid out and the way that it is laid out is just like so disgustingly contrived. It's like well, as you know, Putin, this is one of the issues we really needed to work on. But thanks to all that you have done to help this issue, it's now gone. That sounds that's like, like sounds like Sundland text messaging uh, Taylor. Yes. Right? Well, yeah. I spoke to the president who said there is no quid pro quo, but no quid pro quo, but also no quid pro quo. Yes, there is like absolutely no actual challenging Putin being like, you know, we really need to work on this. This is a serious issue. Every single bullet point in their conversation is... This was one of, you know, our main goals. And thank you. Thanks to you. Thanks to you and all of your generosity. Mm. We've now accomplished that goal just like over and over again. Dear leader. Yeah. It's a dear leader email. Exactly. So I would be very surprised if any of Putina's new position is legitimate and actually in the service of upholding human rights of Russians. I wonder when John Bolton was fired if Trump wrote him a dear John letter. Yeah. (laughs) That's dumb. Okay. Um, what would that look like? Anyway, do you dear that John, show? no, you don't. Oh well, dear John, isn't that like a Nicholas Sparks book too? Dear John, that he's I don't like know. the dude that wrote uh, the Notebook. 
Oh, there's also I think there's a movie called Dear John where there's he's like a, a service member who is away and his lover is like writing him letters. I had a joke Dear John. when I was a baby <laughs> comedian about how I had to break up with a guy because he wouldn't m- mow my lawn. So I wrote him a John Deere letter. Instead <laughs> <laughs> of a Dear John letter. That's the uh, early beginnings of my comedic career and <laughs> probably funny. explains why I'm a podcaster now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you for that reporting. Yes. In other news uh, and content warning here, uh, this is about Julian Assange and his case in Sweden. The rape charges against him have been dropped. Uh, the prosecution deciding that they will. Um, that the, the prosecution says the complainant was credible and the evidence is reliable, but her memory has faded and there's little corroborative evidence. Um, this decision can be appealed. I hope they do, because this seems really fishy to me. I mean, the evidence is solid and the complainant is credible, but it's just been too long. Um, Assange still faces 18 charges of espionage, including espionage, excuse me, in the United States in connection with the Chelsea Manning case, um, an Obama commutation Trump has been itching to overturn since elected. I believe Chelsea Manning's in jail right now because she refused to continue to testify in this matter since her, since her sentence was commuted. Oddly, Pamela Anderson of Baywatch, the Baywatch lady, is apparently a huge Assange supporter and apologist and is against his extradition to the U.S. as part of the Don't Extradite Assange campaign. Huh. Pamela Anderson. Weird. Really? Random, yeah. random cause. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. People have all sorts of unique motivations yeah. that we will not understand. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking, like you said, if the evidence is credible and or reliable is that what they said uh the 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 complainant is credible and the evidence is reliable there you go so if that's the case unless it's like now outside the statute of limitations or something then i don't really see yeah i don't see like why they wouldn't go forward yeah i don't get it either huh uh let's see in other news nunez yeah is in quite a bit of trouble yes um so as we all remember during the (laughs) public hearings eric swalwell (laughs) Uh, decided to enter into the record the story about Nunez having sketchy meetings abroad um, in Vienna in 2018, and he is upset about that. And so more lawsuits. <laughs> Nunez announced more lawsuits. Uh, he said that he is going to sue CNN and the Daily Beast for their reporting on his meeting with Chokin in Vienna in 2018. Uh, this, of course. The purpose of the meeting was to push for the investigation of Hunter Biden and all the other conspiracy theories that the right is pushing. In response to Lev Parnas being listed as a source on the matter, Nunez is suing because of that, he says. Uh, He told, I think this was, I think this was Fox News. I read a Fox News article to get this reporting. (laughs) (laughs) My eyes burn. Yeah. Uh, But what he told Fox News was, it is not okay to work with someone who has been indicted on a serious federal crime to build a media narrative and dirty up a member of Congress. You've seen it. The American people have seen it over the last three years. We out them and then they come out with a media narrative to try to dirty up the people who are doing the work on behalf of the American people. So we hope that CNN and Daily Beast will cooperate with the court. Uh, They should comply with the subpoenas once we file this and go through different depositions. It should be fun. Oh, fun. He says it should be fun. Like suing a fake cow. Mm -hmm. So more, more lawsuits. That guy just, they need to give him like a fucking like Murphy bed in the courtroom. He's just he's a litigious motherfucker. Yes, all he does is court caught. 
Yes, he just fucking <laughs> sues people constantly. It's so dumb. I know for like zillions of dollars too. Yeah, and then when they asked him for more for like more statements on stuff, he was like, you know, I don't want to go into that because the media is obviously against me, and I think you know that I can't go up against that machine, so I'm just gonna let it be solved in court. Yeah, I think he said Facts. something like ninety yeah. percent of media outlets yep. are corrupt yep. or something like that, and yes. I was like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he's media, like, meanwhile, like, O-on, O-A-N-N, and, and Epic Times was the other one I couldn't think of the other day. E-P-O-C-H, Epic Times. Mm-hmm. Just ridiculous. Yeah. It, what, a, what a chode. Yeah. He's the worst. And um, speaking of him, he is in deep trouble. Um, he now has a House ethics complaint filed against him from the Democratic Coalition, uh, which accuses him of abusing his official office in violation of House rules. Joy Reid asked the House Armed Services Committee Representative Adam Smith if Nunes faces an ethics violation, and he said quite likely without question. And Rep. Jackie Speer, who sits on the Intelligence Committee, we've seen her a lot in the last couple weeks, has also asked for an ethics investigation. And this all stemmed from reporting, like you said, that Swalwell brought up during the impeachment proceedings that Nunes, the ranking member of the Intelligence Committee who spent most of the impeachment yelling conspiracy theories at the witnesses, met with an ex-Ukrainian official, Shokin, to get dirt on Joe Biden and Mm -hmm. his son. Swalwell said if the reporting is true, it makes Nunes a fact witness in the impeachment case. He needs to recuse himself. The allegation that Nunes met with Shokin last year to discuss the Bidens came from Lev Parnas, like you said, one of the two indicted Giuliani associates. Let's not forget, he's a criminal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Further, well, alleged. Further, (laughs) top aides to Nunes, Derek Harvey, um, joined a group that... Uh, frequently met in the spring of 2019 at the Trump Hotel in D.C. to discuss the Biden matter. Uh, this group was convened by Giuliani and includes Parnas, Fruman, DeGeneva, and Tonzig, those crazy lawyers, and journalist John Solomon, who is now being investigated by The Hill for his reporting on the Biden information, all that conspiracy crap. Hmm. In response, Nunes denies everything and has threatened to sue the Daily Beast, which he is now for a story linking him to Parnas, but we have to remember he's also suing the cow, like I said. Uh, if the name Derek Harvey sounds familiar... We reported on him a few weeks back. Uh, He was the operative providing the name of the whistleblower to House Republicans during the hearings. Uh, Interestingly, Nunez's jail cell could end up being bigger than the 100 square foot fake farm he bought (laughs) so he could legally call himself a farmer. (laughs) Can you maybe just say my jail cell is a farm? Um, Still to come, the Fantasy Indictment League. And we had a few winners this week, uh, along with Hot Notes and our interview with Joyce Vance. Stick around. Have you ever had a hard time sticking to a diet or weight loss plan? Or have you ever lost weight but ended up gaining it all back again because of obstacles? Uh, And or just been trying to get healthy and then just run into these same mental blocks that that I've done this, that I've had forever. I've been there myself. I I think it's because most weight loss plans or health plans just tell you what to do while you're on the plan, not after. But I really want to tell you about Noom which has changed the way I think about food and weight loss and it's gave me an actual lasting result. With Noom, you'll lose the guilt and learn how to develop a new relationship with food to help you live a healthier lifestyle. Noom asks you to try something new, to commit to just 10 minutes a day. And that's all it takes. Uh, with Noom, you have a weight loss plan and a, or a health plan in your own hands. Literally, it's on your phone whenever you need it. You have personalized training and your own support team for less than the price of a single appointment with a nutritionist or personal trainer. Noom makes food tracking super easy with one of the biggest food databases available. It allows you to track your meal habits, uh, visualize portion sizes, and see calorie density at a glance. What I like most about Noom is it doesn't use shaming or so you can't have certain foods. Use It doesn't use guilt. It just teaches you moderation and how to identify and address the habits that have been blocking your success. So try out the easy 30-second online evaluation to see how much weight you can lose and keep off. 
Noom is designed for results. It's out with the old habits and in with the new. So sign up for your trial today. N-O-O-M dot com slash A-G. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash A-G to start your trial today. One last time, Noom.com slash A-G. Start losing weight for good. Hey friends, it's AG. This this segment of Muller She Wrote is also brought to you by Everlane. I'm completely overspending way too much money on clothes that I know have an astronomical markup, so now I use Everlane. With Everlane, you'll never overpay for quality clothes. They make premium quality clothes with the finest materials, but without the insane markups. Everlane partners with the best ethical factories around the world and practice what they call radical transparency by sharing the true cost of every product they make with the consumer. Can you imagine if we had this much transparency in government? (laughs) Unlike the current administration, Everlane is clean. Their denim factory, for instance, is the cleanest in the world recycling 98% of its water, relying on alternative energy sources and repurposing byproducts to make premium jeans, minus the waste. Everlane's clothes look and feel better. They cost less. They last longer because they sell directly to, con- to the consumer. The prices are 30 to 50% lower than traditional retailers, and they have everything from grade-A cashmere sweaters, Italian shoes, and Peruvian Pima tees to this new jacket I got made from recycled water bottles. Their clothes are beautiful, comfortable, ethical, and much less expensive. Plus, that transparency. That's radical. And right now, you can check out our personalized collection at everlane.com ag plus you'll get free shipping on your first order that's everlane.com slash ag everlane e-v-e-r-l-a-n-e dot com slash ag you'll be glad you did all right welcome back hot notes welcome back it's time for hot notes we got some good ones today jordan you have uh and i love that every single time trump goes on to Fox and Friends, particularly over the phone, that you cover it, and you cover it so well, so I wanted you to do this one as well. Thank you. Yeah, he, uh, an hour, this one was long. Uh, I listened to the whole fucking thing, and I have dried blood down the sides of my neck. <laughs> it was so freaking bad. Bleeding from the ears. Yes. Was... Almost as funny as watching the, I think the Daily Show put out this video of the, the, the host trying to move the conversation along. Yeah. Like, whoa. Oh, yeah. It's the same shit. Well, at this point, Fox and Friends is like just used to it, which, by the way, if you're delivering news from a couch, you're a fucking couch potato. You're not a, like a reporter. So oh. just in case anyone wanted to, you know. If anyone was on the fence. Get a chair, get a chair and a desk, you weirdos. Get a chair and a desk, you weirdos. Uh, to be fair, I watch none of the other programming, so I imagine the whole point of it is like, we're chill. Friends. We're not, yeah, it's not like anchors. We're hanging out in my living room. Yeah, exactly. Um, in full makeup and yeah. suits. Yeah. But they're the worst. And they're standing by him so much. And the whole point of these these appearances for him is like, obviously, just so he can go and, as he says in this interview, set the record straight to the American people. And... He sounded like shit. He sounded like he's getting over a cold or something in the beginning. But then towards the end of it, he started sounding more normal. So I don't know if like his evil just kind of like <laughs> really fully embodied his person by the end of it. His his uh his deal with Satan kicked in by yeah. the end of the interview. Yes, exactly. But in the beginning, he sounded like complete shit. He just sounded like sick or whatever. No but offense to actual Satan worshippers. You guys are true. Awesome. True. <laughs> Um, I don't want to shame Satan worshippers by comparing <laughs> Trump to a Satanist. It's, especially, that's for real. Yeah, especially during this season, which is yeah. a tough time for Satan worshippers. It's a lot of Jesus going around. <laughs> um, but but Satan, Santa, I mean, oh, it's pretty close. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Me neither, but I like it. They're, so during this interview with Fox and Friends, I did notice, though, they appropriately pushed him for more sources than I normally see them asking him for just kind of not letting him get away with just giving his like 
soundbite answer that everyone's already heard through Twitter and through his fucking helicopter conferences. Everyone already knew the answers. And so the anchors actually did push him. Can you give me a source on something? Um, But then as soon as Trump was responding to that he just said no i can't give you a source and they were like okay we understand <laughs> they just back <laughs> off back All right, off cool brother cool yeah an example of this though one of the claims that they were asking for a source on was the claim that trump said barack obama personally was the one directing fisa app manipulations and the investigation into the trump campaign he said that he thinks it goes all the way to the top and that the fisa report that's about to come out is going to be a historical report detailing all of the bad guys behavior a lot of bad guys so he is now calling out barack obama individually saying that it was obama that ultimately directed all of this and that's when they were like do you have what source are you pulling from that said barack obama himself did this and he was like i can't tell you i can't tell you the source but the report's gonna be a great report be on the lookout and they're just like okay um also trump (laughs) trump kept saying one of the anchors names is like brian and he kept he kept interrupting him when Brian was trying to get Trump to like move the fuck on as he talked about. And he'd be like, Brian, Brian I was calling him by first name. Brian, now let me finish. It's like, let me fucking finish. You've been talking for ten minutes straight. What the hell are you it's talking an about? Hour long thing that yeah. you rant. Yeah. Um, but a couple of the other I wonder things. what it's like in the in the newsroom, like when they have when they have a scheduled interview with Trump, like fuck we gotta interview. Yeah, Trump but okay, again. everyone put your ball gags on because this uh, is fucking hilarious and it's impossible to not burst out like laughing at how insane he is um but i don't know why i had to be ball gags <laughs> you, you know what i want i want like secret fox news employees because we've had like alt gov secret accounts i want like i want to know from like secret you know secret liberals inside of fox news i want to hear their stories of what yeah. happens behind the scenes i do wonder Are there any i don't know mm-hmm. i don't i mean we went to we had like a local news appearance once remember ag and when we got to the studio we were so surprised at how few people are actually running the operation like the anchors like do their own shit there there there's like three people in the room total yeah, the cameras for- are all automated it's all there's no it's not like a group of people it's yeah. like i feel like when like when i watch maddo she's got a group of, of definitely people you can staff like hear them room. yeah but like a lot of these things don't a lot of these places don't yeah i wonder i don't know the state of fox news funding right now and if it's like up or down exactly um but i'd be curious to know and especially if there's any democrats that work there but anyways so he a couple things that he said he said that he barely knows sondland of course and he said that sondland is represented by hillary lawyers so he yeah so he (laughs) yes so he publicly has gone out shitting on sondland i don't know if that's going to affect Sondland spent a million dollars to be friends with him yeah so sad and they've talked what i think 20 20 20 20 times times, is what they said so so trump said that they've only talked a few times he barely knows him so we'll see if that affects how Sunland is going to move forward talking about Trump. Just like Manafort only worked for him for six minutes. Right. It was five months. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But then at least Trump didn't distance himself as a friend for Manafort. That's like... (laughs) That's true. So maybe Sunland's going to be like offended by that. And I don't know if they were friends, but I do know that they talked more than a few times and that he definitely knew him more than he is trying to say he did. Uh, Trump also went on to say that Yovanovitch, the woman... He's continuing calling her the woman, was bad at her job and that she hated Trump, said that she refused to put his picture up in the embassy, and he said that the only reason she was in the job for as long as she was is because she was a woman and everyone was just being nice to her. The most misogynist shit. 
And and that's been debunked too, by the way. The the portrait was in the State Department. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and he really like really really hammered in on the woman thing, like a lot a lot. Not like veiled misogyny, like straight up misogyny, straight up. Everyone's just being nice to her because she's a woman. This stupid woman, just just fucking awful. Um, he goes on to say, yeah, because that's how it works. Is, right, is everyone's really nice to you when you're a woman. Yeah, nobody, nobody <laughs> yeah, gives exactly. you any shit at all. Well, that's in fact, fucking, we make that's more money than men. Believe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our lives are extremely, like, exponentially easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, then he also says that he welcomes a trial in the Senate. He said that he wants, out of all the people that he could call as a witness to testify in the Senate trial. His number one pick would be Adam Schiff, he says. And he says why it would be Adam Schiff is because, and he brings back this freaking stupid narrative again, that Adam Schiff, when he was paraphrasing Trump's call, he says that he's maintaining that that was Schiff completely making up words and that he wants him to be held accountable for that. And this is like, you're paying, like why? Because it's prejudicial? No, because he's saying that he mis- misrepresented what he said. Which is prejudicial to his trial because he's paying. I don't think he has any words like jurors. that in his brain. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> like it could taint, it could it could influence the, you know, his, his Senate trial. I mean, like he's actually literally giving cash. Yeah. I don't think he to, has. To, to the jurors. Right. So. Right. And I don't think he has like any any sort of legal argument for it whatsoever it's a lie it is a it is a lie that adam schiff lied about what trump said that is a complete lie the whole parody thing which is like i guess a word that schiff has described to you to succinctly right he said that it was he a shouldn't parody. have done it he shouldn't have done it schiff shouldn't have done it i but, feel like but it was not just a, a rhetorical defense. device but it, it's not it is but it he shouldn't have done it because of this very right reason. and so trump is totally running with it and he won't he will not let up on it and that's just really fucking annoying um then he goes on a woe is me rant about how unfair he's been treated and says this is my this is my favorite part he goes I've been, I've been treated so unfairly quote i come in with no experience which is a good thing but i know life end quote (laughs) that's what he said it was like the funniest shit he's like i come with no experience as if that's like a merit for him right i come with no experience which is a good thing but i know life and that was that was it that was all he had to say about his readiness to serve as the president of the united states (laughs) i know know life life. i know life um so that, that just made me laugh it was fucking dumb um and then he said just a couple more things he said that pence will be his vp apparently there's been rumors that maybe nikki haley was actually going to be selected as his vice president but he just said i love i love mike pence he's been great we're a great team uh so we can put those rumors to rest i guess if anyone was thinking about that and then he uh also said they asked him about the senate resolution that's coming out condemning the violence against the hong kong protesters and if trump is going to like veto that and trump said that he supports the protesters but he also will stand with president g uh, because they're trying to get a trade deal done right now and i don't know what that means exactly then i I think it's just yet to be seen what he's gonna do well according to some folks he promised g um if he could get you know some investigations into the bidens he promised g um push back on the trade like um delay of the trade uh, uh tariffs and also 
um, said he wouldn't um, condemn or support the Hong Kong protesters. Mm-hmm. He would condemn the Hong Kong protesters if you, you know, if you'll help me out with this investigation thing. China's is, like, no. Yeah. Yeah, which is getting to be like, it's not better. Hong Kong is oh, it, it, the, not getting better. Huge right escalation now. this week in, yeah. in, those, yeah. in those protests. Trump is yeah. also claiming that thousands of protesters would have been dead if it wasn't for him and his trade negotiations because he's saying that he's lauding the negotiations over President Xi's head and that's why that more people that thousands of people haven't died. It's the most egocentric thing I've yes, ever it is. heard in my life. Yes it is. And he just outed his deal with the president yeah who's not going to be happy about that yeah there are um some elections happening in hong kong right now though and they are the first election since the protest started five months ago and they are leaning heavily towards pro-democracy candidates winning and so it'll be interesting to see what happens next there very interesting eye on that a little bit but yeah, yeah sorry yep. to derail your no 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 that's no. totally relevant yeah. and i appreciate it yeah yeah um yeah i guess we'll, that's such a volatile situation that's going on right there so the fact that he is once again standing with someone that has a uh, history of upholding human rights abuses mm-hmm. that's scary and we'll just have to see what he does there i guess maybe uh Boutna's human rights organization can, can <laughs> yeah watch that. watch that be they will for sure be on the government's <laughs> payroll as a consultant yeah. well we here uh at muller she wrote and at daily beans support the protesters that's, yeah and and this was this was probably my last my last tidbit and my favorite little gem of the interview. He slid in criticism of MSNBC because first he was saying you know CNN fake news worst worst news organization ever whatever. He goes and also MSNBC is really really bad. And you know what? After all I did for them, after all the money I made them, this is how they repay me. And that was so telling because he just blatantly said that he thinks money that he makes people should be rewarded with political support yeah. he just he just said it he just laid it out clear as day and no one is gonna pick up on that obviously that's yeah. watching that interview or give a shit about it and but, he said that before about nbc's right as the a apprentice. parent company the yeah. apprentice like i made them so much money and look at they treat me like crap yeah he does that a lot everything in his yeah. is transactional yeah it does. everything He's, everything is transactional totally yeah that was the first time i had heard him say that so yeah that was like not a surprise Thank i guess that he's been listening to that call god an hour man so yeah didn't have to. So sorry. an hour yeah i think i literally yeah i also would have bled from my ears yeah thank you for going through that for us totally and then at the end they were like uh you know well you know what i think the best cure is for i don't know i forget what ailment they were what metaphorical ailment was the premise of this comment but they said uh the cure is for you to come on fox and friends every week and set the record straight and then trump was like yeah i'll do that you know what i'll i'll do that more well i guess it's my decision so yeah yeah i'll do that more and that's That's my decision (laughs) yeah Mm. yeah okay Yep. That's how is literally how you reason with a child. You have to make sure you let them think it's their decision so they can feel empowered about making good decisions in the future. Mm-hmm. I think one of my favorite things is at one point, uh, Anderson Cooper during the campaign was having a discussion with Trump and he says, I'll do respect, sir. That's the argument of a five-year-old. And Trump's response was, <laughs> I didn't start it. Oh, uh, <laughs> like, dude, yeah. continue oh on with the five-year-old stuff. Yeah. All right, Jordan, thank you so much mm-hmm. uh, for watching that and taking the bullet for all of us. Totally. Um, so this week was one of the biggest and best weeks for me personally in as news related things go because we got a peek into the forthcoming Horowitz report which you know Trump had brought up in that interview that you were just talking about saying mm-hmm. everything Obama did it FISA bad bad actors uh, the IG report's going to drop everything's going to be great um, so Horowitz the Department of Justice Inspector General um, 
And after having personally spoken to Andrew McCabe myself at length about the chronology, the origins of the Trump investigation, I was not worried, I should say the Russia investigation, uh, I was not worried at all about the integrity of the investigation. I was a tad concerned with the Carter Page FISA application, but that's born out of my own previous skepticism about the wiretapping program and the FBI in general, given their history and the surveillance of Americans. Um, Not to mention, we have previous experience with the Horowitz IG reports already. They're always very long. They're always very accusatory. We often hear a scathing inspector general report. But in previous reports released by this office, the Horowitz's office, they determined that Comey was uh, irresponsible with FBI documents, but did nothing criminally wrong. They wouldn't make a criminal referral. We also learned that Strzok and Page um, sent biased sounding text messages to one another. But Horowitz ultimately concluded that no bias affected their work. Uh, I have personal experience with inspector general reports, their tone and tenor and what they usually find. So I have that frame of reference as well. And we've also spoken at length about the delays of this uh, report coming out. It was supposed to be released. um, Well, first of all, remember the IG report that was supposed to be released last year alongside the struck and page report about the New York FBI field office leaks surrounding Mm -hmm. the Wiener laptop Mm -hmm. that led to the reopening of the Hillary email case days before the election. That's still buried. It still hasn't come out. And I happen to think it's because it shows evidence that a group of insiders, including Giuliani, DeGeneva, and Tonsig, and either the department, like, that they conspired to to leak this stuff, which Mm -hmm. was what pressured Comey to reopen that investigation, and either the Department of Justice is burying it, or it can't be released because it includes criminal referrals about Giuliani. And that's part of an open and ongoing investigation right now. Giuliani is under investigation. Um, So this report was supposed to come out. This current report we're talking about, the one that uh, Trump says will totally exonerate him and and totally implicate Obama himself, um, was this was supposed to come out in September. And then they moved it to October and then they moved it to late October and then November and then late November. And then they said Thanksgiving. And now it's December 9th. And the Senate Judiciary has called Horowitz to testify about the findings. And then he's going to do that on December 11th. And they're going to make as big a deal out of this as they possibly can, because it's all they have. And I had posited that the month after, or excuse me, that the month after month delay of this report was a sign they had nothing and they were buying time to try to find anything they could to make this as bad as possible, Um, which is why we have Barr himself and the likes of Nunes and Giuliani traveling around the world to Australia, Italy, Spain, the UK to try to find anything to discredit Alexander Downer, Mifsud and any aspect of the origins of the investigation, the oranges. Um, Then we have the IG um, looking into Comey and McCabe and other FBI leaderships to find any shred of bias against Trump impacting their work. And when you want to find something, it's usually not hard to find. You know, that whole ex- the whole saying, like, be careful what you go looking for, you'll find it. Mm-hmm. Um, except in this case, where uh, when questioning the integrity of the likes of Andy McCabe, that's just a bad idea. So here I am. Here, here's me, over, a clip of me over a month ago talking about what I think the report will conclude. Uh, meanwhile, like I said, Horowitz is conducting an inspector general investigation into the FBI's actions in the Russia investigation. And I assume it's going to sound just like the Comey and Strzok IG report mm-hmm. um, where, you know, they acted badly, but nothing illegal. No bias affected their work. No criminal behavior, etc. Uh, Durham. And it, honestly, if a criminal referral is made like it was in the case of McCabe, a grand jury is not going to come back with an indictment. So the insane Q army and right wing conspiracy theorists have been waiting with bated breath for this report because they were convinced it would implicate the entire FBI uh, and land Comey, McCabe, Jim Baker, 
uh, Obama himself, Susan Rice, <laughs> Hillary, and probably JFK in Guantanamo. They, 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 they said it would be indictments across the board. They'll end up in Jesus. Gitmo. That's why they were even postulating. That's why they were keeping Gitmo open, was just to house these criminals. Oh, my God. Um, they would tweet, just wait until the IG report drops. You're going to cry liberal tears, and we're going to laugh and dance, uh, <laughs> et cetera. Well, over the weekend, we got information about what's in the report. Um, from those briefed on it. And it's starting to look like it will go the way of the Nunes memo. <laughs> it's about 500 pages, and we kept getting Republicans saying, um, clearly sad about the results, tweeting things like, 500 pages can't be good for Democrats, and uh, trying to frame this report as best they can for them because they're about to be extremely embarrassed. The headline from New York Times reads, Justice Department watchdog finds political bias did not taint top officials running the FBI's Russia probe, but documents errors. Uh, exactly what we thought they would find. Uh, mm -hmm. Bias has no effect, had no effect on the investigation into the coordination between Russia and the Trump campaign in 2016, but it does criticize the FBI for systematic failures in its handling of the FISA applications. Basically, a low-level FBI lawyer inappropriately altered an email that was used during the process to renew the FISA application for Carter Page. Renew. The IG referred that um, one finding to John Durham. They did a criminal referral on that. And that lawyer is being investigated for criminally for possibly making a false statement. And that's what all the hubbub was when the, all the headlines said that the investigation into the investigations has turned criminal. It's because one guy added one line to an email and a renewal of a Carter Page FISA. Um, one error in millions and millions of documents and pages, and it's by a low-level lawyer in a renewal application, not even the initial application, indicating that the initial FISA warrant was error-free. <laughs> and it's also of note that the additional line is not what the renewal hinged on at all. Quote, mm -hmm. Horowitz will conclude the application still had proper legal and factual bases. And more broadly, the FBI officials did not act improperly in opening the Russia investigation, unquote. One of the people familiar with the report says, you can see how the warring factions will seize on the various parts of this to advance their respective narratives. In fact, I'll go out on a ledge and say the lower level lawyer who added the line to the email, Chris Kleinsmith, will not be successfully prosecuted for this. He added a line to an email, but had already given the original email to the Department of Justice. So I don't think this addition was a lie, but his own additional thoughts on the email. Um, and the IG found it was a serious error in judgment, but not motivated uh, by political animus. And I'll tell you what, if that's the only mistake um, in the voluminous and complex Trump-Russia investigation, that's pretty fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, the report will come in three parts. First, the opening of Crossfire Hurricane, um, that probe of Papadopoulos. Second is a review of the Carter Page FISA, which, by the way, is pretty irrelevant considering they didn't get the FISA warrant to surveil him until after P Carter Page left the campaign. So if you get... Trump conspiracy theorists trying to tell you, you know, they lied on the FISA application to spy on the Trump campaign. That's wrong. You can tell them the IG found nothing wrong with the initial FISA application and the added line was a subsequential renewal. And Carter Page had left the campaign well before the first application to surveil him was even granted. Then the third part will be about the FBI's handling of the Steele information. Conclusion, Crossfire Hurricane was legally and factually justified. That's according to these briefers. Mifsud was not a spy working with the FBI. Papadopoulos was not the victim of a frame job or entrapment. The application and subsequent renewals of the Carter Page FISA warrant were proper and observed relevant guidelines. Um, the reporting I have doesn't say uh, what he will conclude about the Steele dossier. However, we do have reporting from over the summer that uh, Horowitz interviewed Steele and found him to be incredibly credible. Mm -hmm. Incredibly credible. <laughs> And had the FBI had an improper relationship with Steele or the hiring of Orbis by Fusion, who was paid by Perkins Coie, which is a law firm handling the Clinton campaign, violated any laws, I'm sure we would have heard that by now. 
So this is amazing news. Huge win. Very big deal for those of us battling conspiracy nut jobs. So congratulations. Well earned. Uh, once the report comes out, I'll have quotes and page numbers so you can respond to the Q army when they start to cherry pick parts of the other report that will fit their narratives. So that is my hot note. And I'm Whee! so very happy about this today. Do you know when it comes yes. out? <clears throat> December 9th. December 9th. Sorry if you said that. Cool. Yep. 12-9. And Horowitz will testify on 12-11. Sweet. To the House ju- or to the Senate Judiciary, okay. Lindsey Graham. Ugh. Yeah, but good we, old Lindsey Graham. We get equal time. Gross. Not good equal. Good old Trump. I'm surprised. Dirt on me, Graham. <laughs> I'm su- well, I'm surprised it's not also going to be in the Intelligence Committee. The Senate Intelligence Committee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> all I know is that they've asked him to 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 do the Senate Judiciary Committee, and that's probably because this is a Department of Justice. Yeah. Inspector General. Yeah. So. Totally. Hmm. Anyway, we'll be right back with the Fantasy Indictment League and one of my favorite people, Joyce Vance. So stay with us. Hey, everybody. This episode of Muller She Wrote is brought to you by Buffy. I want to personally thank Buffy for the support because Buffy makes betting that is super comfortable and super sustainable. Buffy makes the Earth's most comfortable betting. Their comforters are uh, just named so correctly. They're made from ultra-smooth eucalyptus fiber that feels softer than cotton. It's breathable and cool to the touch. Uh, I'm a hot sleeper, so this comforter is unreal for me. It keeps me cool. And it's just so fluffy and soft and comfortable um, that I have to work from home now. I I can't leave this comforter. It's like being swaddled by a cocoon made of cotton candy that was spun by magical, giggling angel babies. I mean, that's not how they describe it on their website, but that's just the truth. And best of all, Buffy products are made using only renewable and recycled materials, which makes them as soft um, on the planet as they are on your bed. And all Buffy products are cruelty-free and hypoallergenic with no down feathers or animal products whatsoever. Eucalyptus fiber um, isn't just softer than cotton. It's more earth-friendly. It's sourced from renewable forests, consumes 10 times less water to grow, and is transformed into an ultra-smooth fiber um, through a waste-free production process. Buffy offers everything from favorite comforters to pillows and sheets to turn your bed into a calming comfort zone. Buffy products have over 17,000 five-star reviews plus an overall average rating of 4.5 stars. Buffy offers a free trial, free shipping, and free returns. You can try Buffy products for free, and if you don't love it, return it at no cost. So for $20 off your Buffy comforter, visit Buffy.co and enter promo code AG. That's Buffy.co, promo code AG for $20 off. All right, Nunez is in deep shit, y'all. Uh, Lev Parnas recently indicted associate of Rudy Giuliani says he's willing to inform Congress about a meeting between ranking members of the Intelligence Committee and total douche nozzle Nunez and a former Ukrainian prosecutor who, uh, in which Nunez uh, was trying to get dirt, from which Nunez was trying to get dirt on Biden. The former Ukrainian prosecu- prosecutor is Shokin, Victor Shokin, and Parnas says Shokin told him he met with Nunez in Vienna last December. Vienna, that's where Lev and... Igor were flying to when they were picked up at Dulles. That's where Rudy was going to go. Um, travel records show Nunez was traveling with Scott Grabe and uh, Derek Harvey in Europe last December. Journalist Vicki Ward says that Parnas's attorney told her that his client would not make these claims if he did not also have text messages and other documentary evidence to back it up, which is good because neither Shokin or Parnas are what you would call reliable witnesses. Uh, don't forget, last year, in August of 2018, Natasha Bertrand wrote that Nunez also went to London to gather intel on Chris Steele, but the UK wasn't interested in speaking with him, saying he was just there to stir up controversy. And two of Nunez's staffers, Doug Presley and Cash Patel, traveled to London without the knowledge of the U.S. Embassy or the British government in search of Steele, whose lawyers declined them access to his client. Cash Patel, you say? That name sounds familiar, you say? 
Yes, he came up in Dr. Hill's testimony. He's the guy that Trump thought was his top Ukraine expert on the National Security Council when it was actually Colonel Vindman. And that's one of the reasons Vindman was asked not to attend certain meetings, because Trump thought Patel was his Ukraine guy and didn't want to confuse the president. All right. So keep all that in mind, uh, all those names in mind, as we play the Fantasy Indictment League. I'm going to be indicted! No, it is going to be a... Indicted! Honey, dick. Indicted! I'm gonna be indicted! Oh, they can't. It's gonna be okay. Just calm down. I can't calm down. I'm gonna be indicted. Uh, can I pick Netanyahu? Sure. I know he's not interesting. Well, I know he's not. Uh, you know, it's definitely not related that? to the Mueller stuff. It's not related to Mueller stuff. Although Israel, you know what? I can connect it in six oh, six si- degrees or side less. group. Yeah, Mossad, Psy mm-hmm. Group, Zamel. Black Cube, Zamel, yeah. WikiLeaks, Nader, Netanyahu. But uh, you're talking about his corruption. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I was going to be the referee, I'd say that doesn't count. Okay. All right. Then I'll, right? I'm I'm asking. I don't know. I mean, you created this entire project. That's true. But and this is all yours. So you totally can be yours. Okay. <laughs> yes. For no points, I I bet he's going to be indicted. But then for my points, I'm going to pick uh, Nader. Perfect. There we go. Yeah. Why waste a pick? You know. Um, okay. Because I could have gotten points for Netanyahu. He's totally getting indicted this week. Put hmm. some beans on it. So, Bibi Netanyahu was indicted. Um, crime, nice. bribery, fraud, etc. I said I'd take no points, so I will take no points, but I just wanted to point out that he was indicted. Yay! Um, Erickson uh, signed a plea deal. It was mm-hmm. submitted with his indictment, or with his guilty plea, but it was under seal, so we don't know what he's, his cooperation, uh, you know, uh, what how, you know, how, like, the, I guess the outline of his cooperation is, is still... We don't know what it is yet, but he did do a plea agreement. So if you had Erickson plea deal, you get a point. Um, maybe the NRA is in trouble. Who knows? Uh, and the two guards indicted in the Epstein case. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll give you points for randos if you had a rando on that. Um, so a lot of indictments this week. So uh, I get to go first this week. So, of course, I'm going to pick Giuliani. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to do plea deal Parnas. Nice. I'm going to go. That's too early for Nunes. I'm going to go superseding Fruman. All right. Um, I'll do... I'm going to do Erickson. More Erickson indictments. More Erickson indictments? Just in other various states that he's operating. <laughs> like California? <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. I'm going to go with Nader. Uh, Tom Barrick. Of course. Yes. <laughs> your go-to. Your, your quarterback. Yeah. Um, did you say... Fruman plea deal? I said Parnas plea deal. Okay. You already said superseding I Fruman. I said superseding Fruman. Yeah. I'm going to go, and you said Parnas plea deal, not yeah. superseding. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go with Gislaine. Nice. I know it's not pronounced that way. <laughs> Good lane. Um, I will go Trump work. I got one more. Indeed. I'm just going to, I'm going to put Nunez on there. Hell yeah. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to go out on a, he's going to be my wild card. Yes. Manifest your dreams, E.G. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put out the energy into the universe that you would like to receive. <laughs> Create the world you want to live in. Exactly. So 
Nunez is on our be the change. indictment list this week. <laughs> be the change you wish to see. Be the indictments you want to see in the world. Exactly. Speak the truth. Mm. Speak the indictments you would like to see. And perhaps they will arrive to you. I whisper it into the universe, a la the secret. Nunez will be indicted. <laughs> um, I will do a rando. All right, sweet. Rando. Rando any, Russian? Any rando particular Iger? kind of rando? Rando Ukrainian. Oh. Interesting. You know... Wait, what about... Rando with ties to Ukraine, strong ties to Ukraine. Okay, okay. could be yeah, a maybe Ukrainian sep- born. Could be a Putin like, back separatist. Yes, or, yes. Do uh, either of you listen to the podcast or I don't know if it's a podcast or a radio show on NPR, but it's called Rough Translation. Mm-mm. I think on the way over, I was listening, um, and um, there was an ad for a show called Rough Translation. I think that's what it's called, and they were saying that they're going to do in depth coverage of what's happening in Ukraine right now, like the country on the other side of all mm-hmm. of the impeachment controversy. Yeah. So yeah, I'm really fascinated hear that. by that because they're in a really tough spot. And I and I I'm learning a lot about Ukraine right now, but I don't know a lot. So yeah. yeah super interesting. They're very, yes. Yeah. So Rando with ties to Ukraine. Yes. With strong ties. Cool. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess we just judge what strong ties are. <laughs> I bet there once. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. That's how we play the Fantasy Indictment League. If you want to play the Fantasy Indictment League, just become a patron, patreon.com slash wrote and join our closed groups on social media and on the Patreon page itself. You can play mm-hmm. the Fantasy Indictment League. Yep. You will win nothing. It's not gambling, but I <laughs> might send you a partially used Glade Air Freshener or something. I don't know. <laughs> be nice. We'll send you good vibes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, it's time for the interview. Joining us today for the interview is former U.S. attorney, friend of the podcast, MSNBC contributor Joyce Vance. Joyce, thanks for being here with us. Always good to be with you. It's so great to speak to you, too. Um, So a little over a week ago, you wrote this great piece. I believe it was for Time magazine. You penned a piece about the different... Uh, Republican defenses that they were going to probably that had come up or would come up in in the impeachment hearing, at least for the Ukraine piece. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that piece and and how now that the impeachment hearings are done, at least this part at this, you know, this section that they're doing, uh, how you look back on that piece. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. It turned out to be very predictive. Um, As you say, it was for Time magazine. And I started out with this notion of the whistleblower at the point in time where I wrote it about a week out from the public hearings, Trump was still calling for the identity of the whistleblower to be exposed. And so I explained why under controlling law that was a protected identity and also why it was a bad idea because we wanted to protect whistleblowers to ensure people would come forward to report uh, government waste and fraud and abuse and went through those arguments and sort of moved on to this notion that uh, Republicans would then claim that uh, Rudy Giuliani, the three amigos, others involved were rogue actors who were acting without Trump's knowledge or approval. Um, which, of course, happened at one point and sort of worked through all of those substantive defenses and concluded that at some point Trump would be left arguing uh, that although he had done all of these things that were alleged, they were not impeachable conduct. And although we're not quite at that point yet, I suspect that we will get there. You know, the one defense that I left out that I didn't see coming uh, was this defense that we heard Republican congressmen asserting during the final few days of open hearings, uh, and that defense was that Trump is the great anti-corruption protector, uh, that he was out fighting against corruption in Ukraine, and obviously that defense uh, has failed, too, for all of the obvious reasons that we can talk about if you want. 
Right. Well, Vinman um, pointed that out when he, you know, when he when it came to the um, the forefront that he had written talking talking points for both calls uh, that included anti-corruption statements, and those were left out. Yeah, I mean, there's just a whole host of reasons <laughs> that Trump has never had any legitimate commitment to anti-corruption. Uh, in any place other than a country that could produce a fake investigation about one of his political opponents. Um, And, you know, ending up with the fact that if you really wanted to fight corruption, you would have kept Ambassador Yovanovitch in place, a a known dedicated corruption fighter uh, who was, uh, as uh, George Kent so eloquently said, in in the process of uh, pissing off corrupt people because of corruption fighting. Uh, You would never have sent her home. Yeah, and the the one defense I didn't see coming was that well, we replaced her with Bill Taylor, who don't you think he's a good guy? Um, but uh, as uh, I think it was uh, Krishnamurthy who so uh, adroitly pointed out that there was about a month long gap in between those two, and uh, that left room for Sundlin and the three amigos to to set up their their shadow channel. Well, you know it did, and uh, Doctor Hill, Fiona Hill, also pointed out that Sondland sort of moved over into that space and never left it, and that that was what that 30 grace day permitted. In some ways, I think that we'll learn more and more that Bill Taylor was used, and you'll recall that he had retired, that uh, Secretary Pompeo went to him and asked him to come out of retirement to take the post, but he was not nominated as the replacement uh, ambassador. He was sent over as the charge, and Ambassador Sundland, uh, whose responsibilities did not include Ukraine, somehow assumed that role. Right, because he was ambassador to EU, right? And so it's just, it's odd that he's sort of filled in that blank. But uh, I will say, um, any any thoughts overall about, do you think that this is the end of impeachment hearings? Or do you think we might see more hearings in other committees before uh, the judiciary drafts their articles? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm waiting to see what happens Monday. You know, we'll, we expect that we'll get a ruling Monday on uh, Don Gann's long-running litigation over whether he has to comply with the subpoena that Judiciary has sent to him for his testimony. And if the judge orders that he has no legitimate privilege to assert and that he must testify, then we may see an effort by Congress uh, to subpoena a few more of these stragglers. You know, the Republicans put on a, a big show about how none of the witnesses that Democrats were bringing on board were firsthand witnesses. And, of course, there is an outstanding reason for that. All of the firsthand witnesses had been forbidden to show up by the White House, by President Trump, and many of them were honoring that, although they could have testified had they chosen to. Yeah, and I think the one last piece we're missing, I mean, we're missing a lot of pieces, but the big one last piece we're missing is to find out how the aid was was put on hold and if anybody knew for what reason, because that just seems to be sort of a gap in our knowledge right now. I mean, we all assume that what it is, but, (laughs) you know, we haven't heard anyone be able to testify to it. I think we can assume all we want. But what there has to be is evidence, and that can be direct evidence or circumstantial evidence. They're both admissible in court. Um, We did last night get the first piece of interesting evidence. As you know, the State Department had declined to turn over any documents uh, to Congress, but uh, an oversight group 
had asked for those documents from the State Department under FOIA, and a judge granted them access. So last night, American Oversight received the first tranche of about 100 pages of documents. A lot of it was duplicative. Some of it was stuff that we had already seen, like uh, Rudy Giuliani's folder of uh, made-up allegations about Ambassador Yovanovitch. But some of it was new and very interesting, including this sort of uh, brief and, and a little bit difficult to decipher series of emails. It looks like Giuliani reached out to the White House to get good contact information for Secretary Pompeo and that they subsequently had a couple of very short calls. The records make it look like they're four-minute calls, perhaps, and also that Pompeo spoke with uh, Devin Nunez in that same sort of basic timeline. This is all in the week leading up to the Ukrainian elections. This is in late March leading up to the April 1 elections. So there, I think, will be a lot more inquiry into the uh, uh, conversations that those documents represent. Yeah, I, I I was looking through those last night, trying to make sense of those emails. Um, but what an amazing get for American oversight. I'm so glad we have these uh, watchdogs and journalists that are uh, doing all these Freedom of Information Act requests. I think we're learning so much from, from them. I think that's right. You know, a friend commented to me this morning and said that he hoped that the House wouldn't push this too quickly because we seem to suddenly be learning new information at light speed. And there may be some value to letting it go a couple of weeks longer, um, you know, than, than the members would like, just to ensure that all of the relevant information comes to light. And I think that that's correct. Yeah, I, I concur, too. And we were always sort of also waiting for uh, the financial information from bazaars, uh, which has reached the Supreme Court now. And then also, of course, the Mueller grand jury materials, which would have documentary evidence, I think, that Trump lied to, to Mueller. Yes, all of the above. I would be surprised if we didn't see some form of obstruction based on the Mueller report uh, in the articles of impeachment. Agreed. For if not for the lying, then for the all the obstruction that he laid out in volume two of his report. Joyce, thanks so much for joining us today. I know uh, I know you have a very busy schedule. I appreciate you taking time to come on. It's always good to get a chance to talk to you. Have a good holiday. You as well. Bye bye. All right. That's our show for today. Thanks again to Joyce Vance for coming on, going through those different defenses with us and talking about what she expects to come up from, you know, in the impeachment. I'm really glad to um, every time I have her on. She's just a fantastic uh, guest. She's very knowledgeable. And uh, I know she's got a really busy schedule, so I appreciate her taking time out to do that. So do you guys have any final thoughts today? None from me. No. Yeah. Have a great uh, holiday with your fam, hopefully, and friends. Yes. Chosen fam. Yes. Yes. Indeed. Stay warm, stay safe, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Et cetera, not et cetera. Yes. Et cetera. (laughs) And enjoy. And when you're done with your your meal, don't have espresso have espresso. Yes. Uh, that is all we have for you today. So thank you so much. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. I've been AG. I've been Jordan Coburn. I've been Manny Reader. And this is Muller She Wrote. Muller She Wrote is executive produced and directed by AG and Jordan Coburn with engineering and editing by Mackenzie Mazel and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, production and social media direction is by Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder, and our knowledgeable listeners. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is MullerSheWrote.com. M-S-W Media. <laughs>